This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and a welcome to the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here with Raheem Palmer. After a very wild and a full week 11, bad day to be a first place team in your division. The Bills lost, the Titans lost, the Packers and Cowboys lost. Apparently, the only way you can win in your division today is you start your backup. Colt McCoy and Tyler Huntley got the wins. Raheem, are there any good teams in the NFL this year? I think there's good teams. I just don't think that there's that elite team that totally stands out from the rest of these teams. I mean, this is the NFL. I think we see this on a regular basis, but I think this year it's, it's even more extreme. So, I mean, it's really interesting year. It's very interesting. Aaron Schatz at Football Outsiders, that's where they do the DVOA numbers. He tweeted out that this is only the second season since 1988 that there's no team with a 30% DVOA or better. And I know that number doesn't mean too much, but basically I was just saying there's nobody that we know for sure is good. Like you want your number to be very high and there's just no standout. Even the Bills who were number one DVOA and then lost so badly today might still be number one DVOA when the number is clear tomorrow because there's just nobody else to replace them. Right now, as I'm looking at this, at BetMGM, the official odds provider for our podcast, as always, nine teams have Super Bowl odds at 12 to 1 or shorter. Nine quarterbacks have MVP odds at 14 to 1 or shorter. We'll get into all of it. We will uh, do our recap like usual. We'll preview Monday Night Football and do our Week 12 hot read. And a little bonus for you guys today. We are off, Raheem and I are off this Friday for Thanksgiving. You'll still have the six-pack later in the week. But since we're off, Raheem and I are going to finish with a little bonus hot read, a little bonus hot Thanksgiving meal for you at the end of our podcast. Take a look at those games for you, too. So let's dig in right away. We're going to whip through some of these games, hopefully. We'll start out where we finish the night with that wild Steelers-Chargers shootout. About halfway through, I thought we'd be able to just kind of skip right over this one. It looked like the Chargers are running away with it. And then, man, the Chargers, Chargers so hard. We thought the Chargers were done Chargersing this year, and they tried to give that away. They had the block punt. They had the tipped interception. Steelers come all the way back. Chargers win anyway. What's your big takeaway from this game? My big takeaway from this game is that the Steelers' defense isn't the same defense that we've seen the last couple of years. Um, obviously, they can be scored upon. And this Chargers team – as much as we wanted them to be different under Brandon Staley, they're the st- same Chargers team that's going to break your heart. I mean, obviously they pulled it out, but they're going to they're going to charge her as much as they can charge. Her, so, <laughs> yeah, I think my my takeaway, I, I agree with that. You know, this is a great game to test. Were you watching the game and you check the box score stats? Cameron Hayward was absolute just a stud, just everywhere in this game, just wreaking havoc on the line. You check the line. Two tackles, one pass defense. Uh, You never know. He was barely even out there. But it was like him and a bunch of high schoolers playing defense in this game because the Steelers were so short. T.J. Watt is out. Minka Fitzpatrick is out. Like directly cost them the game. Fitzpatrick would never have been up that long Mike Williams touchdown at the end. 
This is a, a weird game. My big takeaway here, I know that it kind of got wonky late. Justin Herbert was incredible this game. Like all the praise we heaped on Herbert early in the year, that was a little too early. This was the one. Like last week when I talked about Herbert as a top five quarterback, and maybe it was early, but this is the reason. A game like this where Herbert is just dealing. He was hitting tight windows. He ran for almost 100 yards. Felt like every third down, Herbert made the play. And in in a weird, wild game, it felt like Herbert just was the MVP of the game and willed the team to victory. He just wanted himself. Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. Obviously, you look at the numbers, 30 of 41. 382 yards, three touchdowns, and then the one pick was just – it was it was a fluke. So this this guy, he, he's absolutely incredible. He had a total EPA of 23.4. This guy – if you have a quarterback like this, you're set up for the next 10, 10, 15 years. So Yeah, they're in good shape. Herbert was .44 EPA per play, which is already very good. On late downs, third and fourth down, 1.23 EPA per play for Justin Herbert. So, yeah, that's that's going to get the job done pretty well. He had that big late touchdown on Mike Williams when they finally let him actually throw down the field. My guy, Austin Eckler, four touchdowns, not even the best fantasy performance of the day. Uh, just just a wild game. The, the first half flew by. We had six drives, basically. The second half, we had 15 drives, just back and forth. NBC literally ran out of commercials. We went to the two-minute warning. They're like, eh, we'll, we'll just stay here. We don't have any commercials left in stock. Like, when does television run out of commercials just crazy. Chargers, 535 yards to 300 yards. So this is a game they dominated every facet. They averaged eight yards of play until the kneel downs at the end. And so they really should have won big, and they were most of the way. I don't know. I, I did enjoy. Well, I didn't enjoy. So, you know, I had a Colts Steelers money line parlay. This was my double upset special. 10 to 1. Didn't come through for me. I also added in a Texans for another three-way money line special at what was it, 46 to one, a little bit smaller. I thought I had it. I thought we came all the way back. I probably should have hedged out or cashed out along the way. Uh, big brand, big Ben staying on brand. Fourth and 32, last play of the game, throws a five-yard check down, and that's it. So that's pretty much uh, the old Steelers that we saw along the way. You got anything else on this one? It's going to be interesting to see the Chargers next week. They got a divisional opponent. Same with the Steelers. So we'll see what happens. So as we were wrapping up this wild day of football, I was like, okay, so what all happened again today? Oh, that's right. My Minnesota Vikings beat the Packers. I legitimately forgot. It was so long ago, and there's so much that happened. That was a, a back-and-forth game. Vikings win 34-31. You know, this, the line was basically made this close to a pick and that's how the game played out. It was back and forth, and Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers just dealing. Both of them were incredible in this game. This was a true who has the ball last wins the game. The Vikings actually did it. They actually fell down inside the 10 and made sure that Mr. Rodgers didn't get the ball anymore. They actually made the field goal, and they got the walk-off win. I'm proud of my Vikings. You got me on this one. You, you were all over Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I love Minnesota last week. I actually gave it out. There were some threes in the market early on. I told you guys grab a three. So hopefully you guys grabbed that, but you didn't need it. I mean, when you look at this Minnesota Vikings team, they've been absolutely dominant. And they've led by seven points in every single game this year. This game, it was no different. Like, when you look at Justin Jefferson, he was an absolute stud in this game. 
He had 100 yards receiving at the end of the first quarter. Everything you wanted from a receiver, you got from Justin Jefferson. I think the one takeaway for this game is that Minnesota still can't hold on to leagues. And I don't know what it is, but when you look at their numbers this year, they're just two and two when leading by 13 points this year. And they had a double-digit lead, and they let Aaron Rodgers come back and take the lead. So this Vikings team, to me, I said it before, I said it on Twitter, if anybody but Mike Zimmer was coaching this team, I'd be taking them to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, I have to admit, even though I'm a Vikings fan, which automatically makes me a nihilist, and I assume the worst, I wait for the other shoe to drop at all times. Just like 10, 15 minutes ago, I was looking at the Super Bowl odds, and I was like, you know, if there's nobody that's actually good, could the Vikings be the team that's good? Like, there is room for that team that gets, like, some team is going to get hot, and Minnesota certainly has the talent to get hot. The Packers obviously have the talent to get hot. Both these offenses were going back and forth. I agree. Justin Jefferson was incredible in this game. Uh, I tweeted out about that too. He's playing as well as any receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, he was at 1.75 EPA per play. He had 21 EPA this, this game for a receiver, 21. I don't know if I've seen too many games like that. They threw him through 12 times toward him. He ended up drawing a 37-yard pass interference, so that picked up a first down. He had eight catches for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Could have been three. He couldn't quite stretch out that last one, but he got real close. Yeah, just incredible game. As a Vikings fan, I was obviously excited. I picked the Packers in this one. The one note I had, I felt very good about everything Packers. The one note in my thing said, unless Justin Jefferson just takes over. And that's what happened this game. He just he took over, and the Vikings are letting him take over too. I'll say this too. The Vikings galaxy brain letting Aaron Rodgers go deep for that MVS touchdown, get the ball out of Rodgers' hands. All they could do is tie it up, and then the, he, Rodgers never got the ball again. That's just next-level thinking. I think one thing we got to mention is that over the last three games, before this game, actually last four games, last month really, the Packers' defense has been showing up, and they didn't have some of their main guys. So – you look over the last month, somehow they've gotten better. They held Washington to 10 points. They held this Arizona Cardinals um, offense to 21 points. The Chiefs to just 13 points. So a lot of people were coming in, crowning this team as a championship defense. And I think the one thing that we saw today is we saw some progression. What do you make of it? Because um, I'm, I'm curious. What's your thoughts on it? Does that mean, like, where? what's the credit here? Is the credit that uh, have we overrated the Packers' defense, or do we have to give credit to the Vikings? Because that passing attack has really been good. And if you look at, you know, the PFF ratings, Pro Football Focus, and the EPAs, all the fancy ratings, love Kirk Cousins this year. I don't. I'm a Vikings fan, but their metrics love him. He's been better than Rodgers by a lot of the metrics. So, is this that the Packers defense has been overrated or is this that the Vikings just really are that good passing and Jefferson really is that good? I think it's a little bit of both to me. Oh yeah, I definitely agree. I think it's definitely a little bit of both. Uh, some weird plays in this one down the stretch, of course, like the Vikings are the new Seahawks. There's just no normal games every week. It's something Aaron Rodgers had the play where the clock is running down. He tries to call timeout, but they already snapped it. So the defense sees him trying to call timeout and basically lets up and he throws a touchdown on it. So we got that one, of course. Uh, in the final drive, Vikings gets the ball back. Kirk throws an interception. I think on the first play of the drive to Darnell Savage, gets overturned because it dropped. 
Darnell Savage, big game for him. He had that 37-yard defensive pass interference. He had two interceptions that got overturned, one by roughing the passer, one on that one. A couple of plays later, Kirk throws the ball so badly to Adam Thielen that the Green Bay guy ran the route for Thielen and overran the route, and the ball is behind him, and Thielen somehow caught it for a big play. Just, just purely a who has the ball last game. Uh, big loss for Green Bay. Elchton Jenkins, their, uh, their left guard slash tackle, who's been filling in for Bakhtiari. He left hurt. It looks like possible ACL right as Bakhtiari is, is maybe about to come back. So that sucks. That's another, another big name who's played really well for them. Rodgers is talking to you afterward about how he has uh, his toe has been an injury. He got stepped on again. He's been in pain. So yeah, the Packers, they're, they're playing well. They obviously could have won this game. But man, the big names, I don't think they're getting a ton of injuries, but the key injuries, the key names on the roster starting to get a little worrisome. Uh, How high should I get on my Vikings right now? So Minnesota is five and five. They're the sixth seed right now. They're back in the playoffs. Huge game next week at San Francisco who's playing really well. But if they get that one, Lions, Steelers, Bears next. There's a real chance here for Minnesota to go on a run six to one in the division. Are you sniffing around a little bit? Is Minnesota a playoff team? What do you think is the upside here? I mean, you know, I've been picking Minnesota almost every single week. So, you know, I think they're a playoff team. I mean, obviously, you named their schedule after the 49ers. They got the Lions, Steelers, Bears. And, and Zimmer, even with all the defensive losses they had, he's still been able to put together a respectable defense. Yeah, the defense has definitely gotten a lot better, even with their losses. I think I'm out on the division odds still. And you know, they're playing well. Minnesota always, always struggles in Chicago, no matter how badly the Bears are playing. Minnesota is going to have to play in Green Bay still. And to win the division, they basically have to win that game because that would give them the tie break over Green Bay. And you, you can't lose that head to head. You're better off if you like that. Just just play those games, play, you know, the underdog odds when you get there. But, it, you know, I, I'm a little less nihilistic right now than I was yesterday on my Vikings. Other teams who are nihilistic include the Buffalo Bills. We Vikings and Bills fans know what it feels like to lose in a lot of Super Bowls. Buffalo today. I was all over Indianapolis on this one. Plus seven, plus 240 on the money line. And boy, I thought the Colts would hang in there and maybe win a close one. This was not that at all. This was a blowout. Colts 41-15. The Colts dominated from start to finish. I don't even know where to start. Is this more about Indianapolis to you or is this Buffalo laying an egg? We even want to phrase it Buffalo laying an egg because <laughs> when you look at Buffalo's schedule, they're just two and four when they haven't played Miami, the New York Jets, and the Houston Texans. Like, wow. That's certainly like, a way to frame it. That is, that is a rough schedule. You take those games out, and that is not saying a whole lot about them. Yeah, so it's like, how do you even look at Buffalo? And when I think the big thing is it appears that Josh Allen is has regressed to the Josh Allen that we saw his first two years in the league. I agree. Josh Allen is a rough one for him. He had interception early. He had another interception that got overturned, rightfully so, because it hit the ground. Another interception late, just really missing his guys. Like he had a few nice throws. He had a nice throw on the Diggs touchdown. Got some late throws after the game was basically over, but it's just, it's too inconsistent and too many misses. And yeah, it's, this is clearly, clearly not Josh Allen from last year. Even as of an hour ago, Josh Allen still at that point was the MVP favorite. 
And I was like, what are we doing? What does Josh Allen have to do to not be the MVP favorite? Finally, now Allen is not the MVP favorite. Tom Brady has moved into the lead, but Allen's still a second. The bills are still up near the top of the rankings. I don't understand it anymore. Like the, we, we, you, everything you just said, the, how can the bills still be at the top or near the top of the AFC? I think they're the second favorite right now in the AFC. Josh Allen's the second favorite in the MVP race. How far out on Buffalo are you right now? I'm very far out. And I think a lot of it has to do with their schedule. And this team, look, they're first in EPA to play on defense. First in success rate. But it, it appears that a lot of this was built on the fact that they didn't play a tough schedule. And obviously they did take down the Chiefs, so they got, they got some respect in that regard. But uh, if this offense isn't going to be what it was, then – they're in trouble. Now, obviously, they had some, some key defensive losses. Anytime you got Jonathan Teller out there scoring five touchdowns for 185 yards, it's, it's quite telling the state of this defense. And the Colts' 264 rushing yards were the most by Bill's opponent in the last three seasons. Yeah, I, I think to me, this game tells me a lot more about the Bills' defense than the offense. Look, we already knew the offense wasn't great like it was a year ago. But the defense came into this one number one in the DVO ranking, DVOA rankings, and they just couldn't get off the field. The, until the Colts took their starters out, they scored on seven of eight drives. They had long drives, 11, 10, and 15 plays. They had five scoring drives of 57 yards or more. They just kept just going down the field. They had the ball 38 minutes, only 22 for the Bills because of all that running game. The Bills turned it over all game. They had four turnovers. Josh Allen couldn't make plays. Taylor had the huge game. I will say this. It, it does feel like the score lopsided itself a little bit more than the game actually was. Like, you know, there was that play early on. The Colts get a field goal, kick it off, and the Bills guy, McKenzie, brings the ball out and literally just trips on the turf, falls down, and the ball comes out. And because no one touched him, that's a fumble. And the Colts score a touchdown the next play. There, you know, sometimes just everything goes wrong. And I, before we too much overreact to Buffalo, it did seem like this was an everything goes wrong game. Like where it just, it feels like the field is slanted against you and you just can't quite get up. So I don't know, like this is not the bills are terrible and going to miss the playoffs. The bills are actually still favored to win the division right now, even as hot as new England is, but they have lost now three of five. Josh Allen has thrown six interceptions in those five games. And it, it also, this is a team that ranked number one in variance the whole season. So when they look good against maybe the Houstons and the Jets and Miamis of the world, they look really good. But they've lost to the Colts now. They lost to the Titans and the Steelers. That's their three toughest opponents. Luckily, they don't really have a great schedule left. Like they have a pretty soft schedule. Saints, Patriots, Bucks, Panthers, Patriots. And then Falcons Jets at the end. Two easy ones to get the wins they need to into the playoffs. They're six and four. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're fine. Those two Patriot games, though, that's going to be for the division at this point. You were on that a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't give it much credit. But uh, who would you pick in the division here? Would, would you bet on the Patriots at, at plus odds, or would you stick with the Bills? I'm rolling with the Patriots. I, I think the Patriots, to me, they've shown that they're one of the best defenses in the league right now. I, and I know. The metrics say that the Bills are number one in EPA per play and number one in success rate, but the Patriots are are fourth in EPA per play. And I, I don't I just think this Patriots team, their defense reminds me of 
the early Belichick years in New England. And for them, I know obviously it's Atlanta, so a lot of people aren't going to give them credit, but they picked off every single quarterback on the roster. Like they're playing lights out. They shut down Cleveland and Cleveland. I mean, regardless of the injuries that they've had, Kevin Stefanski is a genius of an offensive coordinator. And obviously he's head coach now, but he's a guy who he's not easy to, to match up with and, and completely shut down. And that's what this Belichick defense did. So I have a lot of respect for New England. I think Mac Jones is playing good football. So I think I think they have a real shot at winning this division. Yeah, I think they have a shot. I think I'm going to just pass on playing either side right now. I still think the Bills are slightly the better. Like, I think the odds are about right. I think the Bills should be slightly favored. I'm certainly not betting anything on the Bills right now. I'm not betting Josh Allen for MVP. I'm not betting the Bills to win the AFC, the Super Bowl. But I don't think I'm going to ready go all in on the Patriots either. Like, I heard some people saying today, are the Patriots the team to beat in the AFC now? Let's Let's settle down. Like, let's. Let's see mm-hmm. what happens when the Patriots play the Bills and some of these other teams. You know, it, it is just the Falcons. Like, it was a nice game. It was a short week. Like, you give them some credit, but let's not give them all the credit in the world, especially the way we've seen the season go. You get hot for a couple of games, and then you're right back to earth after that. So it certainly is interesting. We thought it was over a couple of weeks ago. We did our midseason review. We didn't really talk about the division. We basically just kind of gave it to the Bills. Certainly not over in that way. Uh, Titans division, the Titans, I think, are pretty much still over despite the Colts getting the big win today. And the Titans took the loss. Not a lot to say on this game. Houston, 22 to 13. Ryan Tannehill, just a nightmare. Four interceptions. He fumbled twice. Titans turnover on downs twice. But what's crazy is the Texans were terrible in this game. Houston had 190 yards of offense. They averaged 3.1 yards per play. Like Houston, could hardly have been any worse in this game. And it just didn't matter that the Titans were just like, nah, we're just, nah, we're, we're taking a bye week. We're taking a second bye week this year. You have this on Houston. Yeah, this, this was a fascinating game. And I think one of the, th- the things that was fascinating about it is that the Titans had the ball multiple times in the green zone and just couldn't score. And it looked like they were going to pull off a comeback. And then you have a Ryan Tannehill interception. You just have a turnover on downs. It just, it's a really bad situation. And I think the interesting thing is that next week, the New England Patriots are actually laying six points to this Titans team. What do you think about that? I mean, that's, that's, I mean, my model actually makes it a lot lower. So it just seems the market is really high. on me. Yeah. I think that that is going to be, you know, you and I have talked about fading the Titans all year long. And I think that this is finally the spot where it starts to go the other way a little bit because Mike Vrabel is two and zero against Bill Belichick. Beat him in the playoff game. He beat him in that other big Rayleigh season game. And, you know, the, the line jumped from three to six based on these results today. And I feel like that is a little bit closer to a toss-up game. Certainly the Patriots are the better team and playing better, but are they playing six points better? I don't know about that. So, yeah, I think that was one of the possibilities. You know, We'll get to the hot read. That was on my list of possibilities to grab the Titans at six, except – I'm not sure I need to hot read it because aren't people just going to bet on the Patriots? Won't that one maybe even get to seven still? No, I don't think it's going to get to seven. We're actually, we're, we're actually seeing that line move down to five and a half now. Okay. Most of the sixes are gone. So I, I think the market is too efficient right now. So It, it, it is. But I, I will say that that is a line that's begging for people to get their early teasers in on New England. I'm not sure I'd be teasing that one. Like that's not necessarily the safe tease line that you want to get 
So I don't know. Texans obviously get the cover plus 10 plus 375 to the money line. Houston is favored next week. The Houston Texans are favored because they're playing the Jets. So good job, New York Jets. Way to be a football team. Uh, Our big game of the day, we thought was our big game of the day. Turned out to be a snoozer. Chiefs 19-9 over the Cowboys. The total finished at 56. You gave out the under on this one. And boy, did you get that one right. We didn't even get halfway there. So way under. Micah Parsons, superstar. Huge strip sack. Another sack. He's at 19% pressure rate, which leads the entire NFL. Not for rookies, just everybody. So I think you go ahead and lock up defensive rookie of the year. That's got to be him at this point. Not much offense here. Did you, you know, you expected the under. Did you think it'd go this far under? No, I didn't think it was going to go this far under. I I think the Cowboys just didn't have their A game. But I also think they were missing too many. You can't miss this many guys against a, a solid NFL team. Obviously, you got a Pro Bowl left tackle, Tyron Smith out for a third straight game, Amari Cooper out. When you have Gallup actually, like, come back, it's just th- – this was a team that's supposed to, you know, actually dominate with their three wide receivers sets. And I thought they would be able to run the ball a lot better. I think that's the one thing yeah. th- that I expected the Cowboys to do. I expect them to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. So that's why I like the under. But that kind of just didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't. The, the Cowboys had one rushing first down the entire game. And, you know – we talked about that before, and when we previewed this game, you brought up the Cowboys running all over them, and it almost said something because I had noticed for the last month or so, Cowboys rushing EPA has really been like below average and closer to the bottom of the league. And I was just like, yeah, but it's the Cowboys. Their line is so good, and Zeke and Pollard. I just didn't believe the numbers that I saw, and the Chiefs' defense has been so bad. It just felt like the Cowboys would run all over them. But it is a concern. Dallas had six three and outs today. They're 0-2 in the red zone. They had three turnovers. They just couldn't get anything going. And now you have to say, okay, so that game against the Broncos two weeks ago where they couldn't move the ball or score in that one either. Like, we kind of chalked that up to, oh, Dak was just rusty and it's fine now. But this is two and three weeks. So I I don't know if I come out of this game being excited about both the defenses here. We knew Dallas's defense was good. They had a good game for sure. Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott, both kind of bad. They were both negative EPA for the game. No touchdowns, three interceptions between them, eight sacks that they took. I, I don't know. Do, do you take more about the de- offenses or defenses from this game? I take, a, I take a lot more from the offenses. Didn't understand the coaching for the Cowboys. All this season, they've been super duper aggressive. All this season. And this is the first game where you're kicking field goals every single like snap. And I just, I like they punted with eight minutes left down two scores. And it's just like, are you not trying to win? Like, so I just, I just against the chiefs, you know, they took a field goal too down the stretch against the chiefs. I know the chiefs have not exactly been putting up huge points lately, but still like, what are you doing? You got to get some points here in arrowhead. Yeah. The, the aggression factor wasn't there. I thought the chiefs actually ran the ball pretty well in this game. I had noted that that was a possible way they could kind of hang in this game, that Dallas's run defense has been beatable. But when did the Chiefs ever run the ball? Like, I didn't really think that was going to be a thing. They, they managed to run all right. Chris Jones, by the way, had a monster game. Three and a half sacks, three quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss. So that is big news for the Chiefs if they get him, like, looking like the superstar that he certainly has at times. So after all that, after all of our crying about the Chiefs, they're 7-4. 
They're leading the division and they're not that far off from the one seat. They're a game out of the one seat in the AFC. So let me just uh, set the stage for AFC. I just want to hear your thoughts of what you make of it. We're not going to go too far into it. Titans are eight and three at the one seed. Ravens seven and three are the two seed. Patriots and Chiefs are the three and four seed right now. And then you got Bengals, Chargers, Bills are the wild card, six and four. So Buffalo is all the way down to the seven seed right now. And then Steelers, Colts, Browns are the three teams out. And Raiders, Broncos kind of out of the picture from there. So the Chiefs right now have, after everything we've seen, the Chiefs are the AFC favorites at BetMGM. They're plus 325. They are the second favorites. After all we've seen all year, guess who's back at the top of the Super Bowl favorites? Why, it's the Bucks and the Chiefs. The same thing we started with at the very beginning. So where are we at? Are, are you in on the Chiefs? Is there any AFC team out of that mix that you actually want to bet on right now? Out of those teams, I, I'm, I'm not really crazy about anybody. Like you said before, there's no real great team. So if there's no real great teams, why not take a, a flyer with, with some of the long shots? I, mean, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer with the Patriots at this point in time based on their defense. But I think the one thing I really want to talk about is this Chiefs defense is really trending up. Sure. If, you look at the, if you look at the last four weeks, they're 10 for EPA per play. For most of this season, they were dead last. They're also top 10 in, in success rate as well. So I don't know if this is like a Green Bay Packers thing, but I kind of believe this a little bit more than the Green Bay Packers because obviously you had guys like Chris Jones come back. And it's almost apparent that Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to do everything. Over the last four weeks, the defense has shown up. So I do think you kind of got to give this Chiefs team credit and they might be live to actually make another run. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of discredited the defense a little bit, but now at this point, you have to say, okay, look, look what they just did to the Cowboys, who granted are missing Terrence Smith, missing the receivers. It's not the healthiest team in the world, but look what the Cowboys just did a week ago. They just put up, what, like 44 points or something. So this, you know, they've been a top five offense all year. The Chiefs shut it down, then flip it. Look what the Chiefs did to the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And we're like, ah, well, you know, Rodgers and, you know, they're not healthy. Then look at today, Rodgers unstoppable, scoring anytime he wanted against a good Vikings defense. So at some point, we do have to give the Chiefs defense some credit. Like they, they're actually showing up against good offenses and good quarterbacks and just shutting them down. I, I don't know that I want to bet on the Chiefs just because the value is gone again. Like, I, I guess we should have done it. Mahomes was a 40 to 1 MVP a couple of weeks ago. The odds were there. I, I agree. If you like a long shot, I think this is the chance to grab a long shot. Like, even. Looking at the list, I don't know. Could the Colts be the AFC team? Why couldn't the Colts be the AFC team? The defense is good. They're running the ball so well. The Colts absolutely could beat anyone else on that list any given day. And right now, if I look at it, I'm like, I don't want to bet on the Titans. I don't trust the Ravens. I don't want to put my money on the Chiefs because the odds aren't there. We got the Bengals. That's the five seed. I'm not betting on the Bengals. Like, if there's a long shot that you like, why couldn't it be one of them? So I don't know who it is. I'm not sure that it is the Colts, but I think that you want to bet on someone with those longer odds if there's someone you got your eye on. Without a shadow of a doubt, I think you got you to go with a long shot right now. It's just so much parity this season. You'll be able to get a Kansas City Chiefs later. Yeah, you don't want to buy high on the Chiefs right now. Uh, real quick, last one, uh, go over to the uh, NFC for our stink of the week. Smell it, smell it, smell it. It's the smell. It's quite pungent. Dude, plug your nose. 
It stinks. This is your stink of the week. Not the strongest stink of the week we ever had, but this week's stink of the week is any of us who grabbed the Seahawks early on in the week. Seahawks plus 2.5 early in the week. You teased them like I did. You got them up to eight and a half. The Seahawks closed at minus four and a half because guess what? If you got them early, you got them before DeAndre Hopkins was out, before Kyler Murray was out, the whole line flipped. And then we did the same thing that we've done how many times now? Colt McCoy has done it twice. We flipped the whole line and then you just lose all the closing value anyways because Colt McCoy just goes out and apparently is the real McCoy and has a huge game. So uh, Cooper Rush did that for your guys. We keep having this happen where you get all this closing value. You feel great. I think on a teaser, you were getting like a 13 points of value here and it didn't matter. Seahawks couldn't even keep it close in the end. The Cardinals win by 10, 23 to 13. So Russell Wilson had lost only four times by nine or more points in his career at home by that much. So you had to leg your chances of being able to keep this close. Boy, I'm worried. I'm worried about Russ. I, it feels like he's clearly not healthy and it sort of feels like this is the end of the era in Seattle. Do you think so? I, I don't want to go as far and say it's the end of the era, but I think it's pretty clear that they might actually shut this guy down next week. And I think you may be actually seeing it from the line next week. They play Washington um, football team on Monday night football and Seattle was actually opened up as three and a half point favorites. And now that line is down to one and a half, two consensus worldwide. Wow. So it wouldn't surprise me if Russ just didn't play last week. Like you saw it during the Green Bay Packers game. It's pretty clear that his finger wasn't the same. He's missing like wide open throws. He missed some of the same throws in this game. He had just a, a QBR of 22. He had a, a quarterback rating of 80, just 14 to 26, 207 yards. This is not the Russell Wilson that we're used to. I actually think they brought him back too soon. But if you're trying to make a playoff run, that you got to do what you got to do. But I, I think they're going to shut this guy down. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they brought him back too soon. He's clearly not healthy. He's only scored 13 points in his two games back. His first ever three-game losing streak, negative EPA, second week in a row. It's just not right right now. And, you know, they were 2 of 10 on third down. The Seahawks had under 20 minutes of the ball today. They had 19 minutes, 38 seconds of possession. So, I don't know. If, if they do shut it down, I think that's it. I like, I, I don't know what Seattle is like. They're trending in all the wrong direction. And I think it might be time to go on credit the Cardinals too. the defense just got the job done. And you know, they're two and one now without Kyler Murray rough look for Kyler's MVP case. I think when Colt McCoy can just come in and get the wins, Arizona nine and two, they're the first team of the season to hit their over, over eight and a half. Uh, I can tell you what, neither one of us had that one. <laughs> Not at all. I, I think we were, we were expecting them to be last in the division. I, I think Cliff Kingsbury has really impressed. We can't hate on him anymore. Kyler Murray's been banged. He, he's missed two games, missed a couple games this year. He's been banged up and they're just still getting it done. So yeah, nine and two and now heading to the bye week and Kyler will, and Hopkins will have had a full month to rest and totally get healthy. They might kind of be the sleeping dogs. And, you know, as everyone else keeps losing their games, they're the one team that's losing their guys and actually hanging around and about to get them back after a month of rest. So I don't know, maybe this is the Arizona season. We shall see. Let's run quickly through the rest of Sunday's action to wrap up the week. Lamar Jackson, of course, was a late scratch in Baltimore. Tyler Huntley made his NFL debut 
And the Ravens, it took them 72 yards and five plays for the game-winning touchdown late in Chicago, 16 to 13. Justin Fields did leave with a rib injury. Noted Ravens killer Andy Dalton comes in and throws three, three uh, throws two touchdowns, but the Bears couldn't quite finish the job. The new look Eagles are rolling. They beat the Saints 40 to 29 in a game that was nothing anywhere near that close. Philly ran 50 times, 242 yards. They're up 33 to seven heading the fourth quarter. The Saints are under 100 yards of offense at that point. And we got a ton of Trevor Simeon in garbage time. Philly looking good. Cam Newton is back in Carolina, but Taylor Heineke was back for Washington and looking really good. 206 yards and three touchdowns. Huge advanced metrics against a great Carolina defense. He had 19 EPA, 12 yards average depth of target, and 23% completion over expected. Just a monster game for Heineke. Kind of looking like his guy Brett Favre out there, scrambling around, keeping the play alive, making some big plays. Washington beat Carolina 27-21, another one of those road underdogs. And Washington actually dominated by a lot more than that. So big win for them. The Bengals pulled away late for an easy 32-13 win, cover and under against the Raiders. Vegas only had seven third downs the entire game, and they converted one of them. Neither one of these teams had 300 yards of offense. Easy win for the Niners and kind of an impressive win. It's an easy letdown spot going west to east coast on a short week. And they just took it to the Jaguars 30 to 10, under 200 yards of offense for Jacksonville. The Dolphins beat the Jets 24 17 with Joe Flacco getting the start in New York. Bummer if you bet the over 44 and a half. These teams missed three field goals and went three of eight in the red zone. And our guy, our favorite accountant, Tim Boyle, made his first start for the Lions. We might get him back on Thanksgiving. 23 passes for 77 yards. That is not great. He had a pair of interceptions. And unfortunately, Baker Mayfield was only slightly better. And the Browns snuck by 13 to 10. Detroit did get the cover. Two covers in a row. Lions, let's go. Let's call that a winning streak. All right, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor and get to Monday Night Football. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. 
Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, Monday night, we are in Tampa Bay for your defending champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and an old foe for Tom Brady, the New York football giants. We got Tom and the giants. The Bucs are minus 10 and a half. We're at 49.5 on the total. Giants plus 425 to the money line. Can the Giants keep this close for Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, or is this just going to be a Bucs steamroll to you? I think the one thing that stands out to me is that when I look at this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, this is not the same defense that they were in their Super Bowl year. And we saw that over the last couple of weeks, Taylor Heineke carved this team up. It's just Trevor Simeon carved this team up. These are bottom of the barrel quarterbacks. And Daniel Jones, as much as you know, people may not like him, he's a guy who can add variance to the game. And you can add variance to the game, and Saquon Barkley is going to be able to run on this defense without Vita Vey. I think the Giants can keep it close, but I don't see the Giants stop at Tampa Bay. I, I'm leaning to, towards the over. Interesting. So I actually think that the key name for the Giants in this game is Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham is a defensive coordinator, and I think he's going to really try to come after Tom Brady. The pass defense for the Giants has been number four in EPA for the year. The defense, number seven in EPA. So the Giants defense has really come around from what we saw early on. The run D is not good. So I think if Tampa is kind of conservative and and gives the ball to Leonard Fournette, he could have a big game. But I'm not sure that they're going to be willing to do that. They're on this two-game losing streak. They're big favorites. It's Monday night. I think they're going to want to light it up. And I don't know. The Giants pass rush has come around a lot this season. Uh, Aziz Ojolari has been a really good rookie for them. So... That's kind of been the formula with Tom Brady against the Giants. That's the Giants thing is come after Tom. So here are some of the crazy trends in this game. So Tom Brady, for his lifetime against every team in the NFL, that's not the Giants, 181 and 122 against the spread. Against the Giants, two and six against the spread. That includes in 2007, they nearly lost the perfect season. You remember right down the stretch. Then they did lose the perfect season in the Super Bowl. Then they lost the other Super Bowl. Those eight games, we've had five of the eight have been within four points. Somehow, despite all the things Tom has done for two decades, the Giants are the one team that has his number. Is that a thing? Is that anything at all? Or is that completely irrelevant to this? I think it's completely irrelevant. Obviously, these are different coaching staffs. These are different teams. Like Tom has played so long that this is almost three different eras. <laughs> so I, I can't really make too much of it at right now. Is there a better time than now for him to avenge these losses? He's the favorite for MVP now. It's a good spot for him to, you know, every time someone becomes the favorite MVP for the last month or so, they go out and lay an egg. So we'll see if he continues the trend. Hopefully not. You know, I've been on Brady all season. Here's another trend, a little bit more relevant, maybe rather than just the mystique of the Giants. 
So Brady, 60% against the spread, 55% as a double-digit favorite. Still good, not as good. Five and nine against the spread as a night game double-digit favorite. So you think in these primetime spots, that's my guy, Tom Brady. But the line makes it look like that, that those are actually, they're inflating the lines up and the Bucks or Brady himself is not covering. In fact, the last two of those, of course, have been against the Giants and the Giants covered both of them, including against the Bucks last year. So I know it's a little crazy. I'm, I'm taking the mystique. I'm taking the Giants to get the cover here. We know Danny Jones is a big cover guy on the road. I'm just going to take the mystique. I'm throwing out all the rest of the logic. I know what the Bucs can do. I know the Bucs certainly could come out and win by like 30 in this game. I'm going to take the Giants plus 10 and a half. I'm not mad at that. I, I don't have a I don't have an opinion on the side, but I, I think I'm a rule. Like if I have to if I have to roll with anything, I'm gonna go with the over because I don't see the Giants. To me, if they're gonna cover, they're gonna put up some points. So I think 49-50, where it's at now, it's a little bit low. Hopefully it's a good game. We got Peyton and Eli in the booth on this one. So with Tom and with the Giants, you definitely want to get over to ESPN two and be listening to what the Mannings have to say. If ever, this is the one for that. So I'm looking forward to that. Let's get to our week 12 hot read. Hot rock. Blue 17. Nice rights. Ice cream. Jose. Luda Raiders. So we are getting some hot reads here. I know that you and I both, our favorite pick of the week are the same picks that we gave out on the look ahead. But we want you, the listeners, to know that we are doubling down on it. So. You're on the Vikings. I'm on the Vikings. I'm letting you have this one. Tell me why Minnesota is still your favorite hot read. Look, my model makes this game closer to a pick than the two and a half that's in the market right now. I have so much respect for this Vikings team. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. The defense has been putting it together. Also, as always, what do you want to do when you're playing the 49ers? You want to fade Kyle Shanahan as a, as a favorite. He's, he hasn't been great as a favorite, so I'm fading them in that, that spot. But this 49ers secondary is still leaky. I don't expect them to be able to slow down Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. So at plus two and a half, I think this is a positive expected value proposition. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I let you have the Vikings on the look ahead. I'm letting you have them here, but I am backing them all the way. And I don't always back the Vikings, as you know, but short road dog trends, that favors Minnesota. The other thing, too, the Niners' pass defense has not been great this year. Justin Jefferson is going to light those guys up if they keep throwing it to him the way that they have been. And I can't believe that the Vikings go out and beat the Packers and look so good on offense. And this line actually like moves slightly away from them here. I think it's an overreaction to the Niners, you know, so they beat the Jaguars. Like it's urban Meyer. Well, what, who cares? Like, what are we really making of that? Like credit for not losing, but we're really going to push the line away from them for that. I don't buy it. So we're both on the Vikings. My other pick that I gave out on the look ahead last week was the Eagles. And same thing. I'm, I'm coming back Eagles. I'm still seeing some two and a half, a 2.5 favorite at New York giants. I understand the Eagles are clobbering teams right now and they're running all over teams. They're averaging like 40 something yard or 40 something rushes a game. The giants are 30th in run defense on DVOA. They can't stop the run. And look, we talked about Saints-Eagles this week, and you like the Saints because their run defense was so good. It was the wrong matchup for the Eagles. The Giants are the right matchup for the Eagles. Like, 
this is not the team you want to play if you can't be stopping the run right now. So I don't understand it at all. The Eagles are playing so well. Jalen Hurts is looking great right now. Giants will be on a short week. Can't stop the run. I love the Eagles on this spot. Oh, yeah, I'm not mad at this at all. And the interesting thing about this matchup against the Saints is that the Saints were the right matchup. They're the, the first in, in rushing defense, and the Eagles still went out there and rushed for 242 yards. What is, what is the Giants going to do? So they got to deal with the Eagles on a short week right after dealing with Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is a good spot for the Eagles. All right. I know you were debating between a few other hot read options. What is your second hot read you're going to go with here? I'm going to buy low on the Los Angeles Rams. This, this, this side is sitting at plus two, plus two and a half. It's actually getting bet down to some one and a half in the market, but I, I don't think the Packers should be favored in this spot. <laughs> like when you look at some of the injuries that they're dealing with, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers has a, has a toe injury. I think this team just needs to get to the bye. The Rams are coming off their bye week. Obviously, they got beat down by the 49ers, but I think this is the perfect spot to buy low on this team. Like we said before, the Packers' defense, they've been overperforming. They, they lost a lot of their best players, and then somehow they were performing better. And I think what we saw today was more indicative about who they are. I'm going to go to Rams, plus two. Yeah, I don't have a good read on that game yet, but it's a big game. It's certainly our big game of the week. That NFC, it's very interesting. You do not want to be, even if you win your division, you don't want to be the fourth division winner. Because if you are, like, look, the other teams either get the bye if you're number one, or you play Minnesota or Philly or San Fran or New Orleans or Carolina. If you're the four seed, you're going to be playing either Arizona or the Rams in the first round. So if you're the Rams, you need this win to try to not fall, you know, fall out of the race with the Cardinals and basically lock into that five seed. And if you're the Bucs on Monday night, you're the Packers in this game, you don't want to be slipping down to that four seed. Otherwise, you have by far, like that's the marquee round one playoff game is whoever the NFC five seed is playing. So it's a big game. I'm excited for it. I don't have a great read on it, but I can't wait to watch. I am going back to the well that we've gone to often this season. I'm going to stay in Pennsylvania. I'm taking the Steelers on the road in another underdog spot. They're plus four and a half, plus four at some books against the Bengals. Look, uh, Big Ben is 24 and nine against the Bengals. Uh, In our bet lab system, he's 12 and four against the spread as far back as we have it for them. So I just think, I, I, I can't believe that the Bengals are favored by so much. I know that there's a lot of injury question marks with the Steelers. The line is banged up. Uh, Najee Harris left with a concussion and came back in. I think he's fine. Minka Fitzpatrick is in COVID protocol, but he should be cleared by then. I don't know that T.J. Watt will play. He probably won't, I would guess. And, you know, the Steelers' defense wasn't great tonight. We talked about how how well the Chargers look, but this is the Mike Tomlin thing. 67% cover rate as an underdog. Almost half of the – over half the games he's won straight up as a dog. Just look what we saw tonight. They find a way. They make those wonky plays or tip drills or whatever. Big Ben actually kind of looked decent tonight. And I think the Bengals, it's an overreaction. They beat the Raiders, who have kind of fallen apart lately. And they don't look at good at all out of the bye week. And the Bengals really were kind of close until pulling away late. So I don't know that I'd even make the Bengals favorite at all here. Certainly when you're getting over a field goal, I think this is insane. So it's another Steelers underdog spot. I got to grab them again. When I look at the numbers in terms of power rating, 
rankings. I, I, I pretty much have these two teams the same. So at four and a half, five, I, I think you're getting some value on the Steelers. Like you said, I sat down and I watched this, this, this Bengals game, and it was actually six to three. It looked like the, the Raiders were about to get off the field, and the Raiders just had penalties. They just killed themselves with penalties. The Bengals scored a touchdown before the half. They never really looked back, and a lot of it was penalties. A lot of it was the Raiders being undisciplined, but they actually put some pressure on Burrow, and I think that's where Burrow's going to struggle here because this offensive line isn't the best. I, I agree with you on this one. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our Week 12 Hot Read, except because Raheem and I are not here on Friday, we're going to give you a little bonus hot read, a little bonus hot Thanksgiving read, some hot turkey, hot stuffing, mashed potatoes and gravy. We're going to set you up for Thursday. Just quickly look at our Thursday games. All six teams playing on Thanksgiving lost today. So they are ready to get a win. Like, give me some teams ready to get back on the field. So I looked through our action labs here and found some trends. If you are the public and you like to just bet on favorites, Thanksgiving is the day for you to bet on football because since 2005, that's what all these trends are. Favorites on Thanksgiving are 32 and 14 against the spread covering 70% of the time Uh, road favorites playing the lions are 10 and two against the spread and 12 and 0 straight up. They're covering by almost 10 points a game. So you like to be a road favorite against Detroit. If you are betting with the public, if a side is a favorite and getting at least 57% of the bets on the spread, 24 and 7, 77% cover rate. If you are a big favorite, favorites of a touchdown or more since 2005 on Thanksgiving, 16 and 3 against the spread. So they are not really pulling, getting upset there. Big cover, covering by eight points a game. Last one, night favorites, since we added that night game, 10 and four against the spread. So basically almost entirely across the board, bet your favorites on Thanksgiving, so say the spreads. So let's just quickly look at each of these three games. I got to admit, it's not the kindest schedule in the world. There's going to be a lot of tryptophan naps, I think, during some of these games. But, you know, it's the Lions. We always get the Lions. We know the drill. So Bears at Lions in the opener. Bears minus three and a half on the road in Detroit. What do you think about this one, Raheem? I think you go Lions money line. When you look at this Bears team, they laid it all on the line against this Ravens team. They struggled with the Ravens backup. And look, the Bears are banged up. The injuries are just rampant. And one thing I can say about this Lions team is that they're playing hard for their coach. Now, obviously, you want to see the injury report is golf playing. But even if golf is playing, I don't know if there's that much of a downgrade. So I'm looking to take the line. I think this Lions are past. I don't, I don't necessarily want to be laying three and a half with the Bears at this point in time. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to lay three and a half on the Bears, but I do want to play the Bears here. I'm going to wait and hope that I get back to a field goal. I played it before today at a field goal already. I do think that the line is going to move towards Detroit just as the Thanksgiving home underdog. You know, the injury news, Jared Goff maybe could be back. I think Boyle probably plays. The Lions looked awful for about two and a half quarters today, then ripped off a long run and suddenly like, oh, they only lost by three, but they only lost by three to a terrible looking Browns team. So I think they kind of hung around enough to maybe save some value here. If the Bears were healthy, I would put them more like six point favorites here. They're obviously not healthy. The defense isn't healthy. 
Justin Fields, I think, is probably about to play this one. So we might start our Thanksgiving off with Andy Dalton and Tim Boyle. Hooray for us. The Lions hey. lost another guard. So they're down three starting offensive linemen now. And the Bears, too. The Bears have won six of seven against the Lions, including three in a row in Detroit, two of those on Thanksgiving. So I just I have to trust the trends here. Again, road favorites on Thanksgiving in Detroit are 10 and two against the spread. The Detroit is okay if they're favored, but when the Lions aren't good, they're not good on Thanksgiving either. So I'm going to take Chicago. I will wait, though, and hope that I might get this back down to three, depending on where the news goes. Your Cowboys at home, of course, as always. I'm sure we're going to get that red Salvation Army bucket. We're going to get Ezekiel Elliott jumping in, trying to eat a little cereal out of there. Cowboys at home, minus seven, seven and a half, depending on your book. Home against the Raiders, who are fading fast. Do you like your Cowboys here? I think this line is a tad bit too high at seven and a half. I I really want to be looking towards the Raiders in this matchup, and I think a lot of it has to do with the Cowboys' injuries. I think you want to look at that injury report before you get into anything. Is Tyron Smith going to play? Is Amari Cooper going to play? It's just there's just a lot of things that I'm concerned about with the Cowboys on a short week. Obviously, the Chiefs game was the start of of a three games and 12 day span for the Cowboys. The Cowboys normally show up on Thanksgiving, but I think you're going to have a lot of the public on the Cowboys. They started off the season with six straight covers, and I think now the market is starting to catch up with them. So I'm looking towards the Raiders here, even though they've been kind of in a tailspin. So I'm not really crazy about it, but if I got to choose a side, I'm going with the Raiders. Yeah, I think of the three, this is the one that I'm the most tepid about betting. If you are betting the Thanksgiving trends, you mostly like the Cowboys here. Now, I mentioned before that you bet the favorites on Thanksgiving. Almost always, the almost is because of the Cowboys. Dallas, as a Thanksgiving favorite, is only five and seven. All other teams in the NFL as favorites on Thanksgiving are 27 and seven against the spread. So you got to be careful with Dallas. However, Dallas is a touchdown favorite. We said that's 16 and three ATS. Also, the Raiders are coming off a two game home streak playing on Thursday night. Thanksgiving or not, that does not go well for teams usually. Teams on that spot on the short week, you know, traveling 15 and 30 against the spread. The Raiders have lost three in a row coming out of the bye week. They've scored 16, 14, and 13. They're not scoring. So, what I think we're going to see in this game is not a fun game. I don't think we're going to get much fun football on Thanksgiving. But I think that Dallas's defense actually is the reason why I'm going to take the Cowboys here. I would say to wait because you hope that maybe the line comes down a little bit. Maybe if you can't get that seven, try to wait for the seven. I don't think Amari Cooper is going to be out of COVID protocol. I don't think CeeDee Lamb is going to play and in the concussion protocol. So you might get some injury news that move it that way. Uh, but, you know, you know the public money is coming in on Dallas. But then again, if it does, that's another trend that Thanksgiving likes. So I'm a little leery. I lean Cowboys on this one. But it's it's definitely just playing the trends more than the injury news. Oh, yeah, this, this is a very tough game. I think a lot of it with this one, you're going to have to wait for the injury news before anything. I think so. And a short week, obviously, too. So it should be you, you might have to wait right up until kickoff. Got to get your phone like underneath the table while grandma's passing you the stuffing. Get that bed in right before you get, get the kickoff there. All right. Last one. Thursday night before you head out and do your Black Friday shopping, the Buffalo Bills are four-point favorites on the road in New Orleans, taking on the Saints. 
Bills looking to bounce back, although I guess every team on Thanksgiving is looking to bounce back. So, Reem, do you like Buffalo on the road here, or do you think New Orleans uh, holds fort at home? I think this is the ideal buy low spot for Buffalo. As much as I trashed their defense earlier, they were playing Frank Wright in this Colts offense, which, you know, really has played well over the last month, month and a half since Carson Wentz, you know, recovered from COVID. My biggest thing is that I think Trevor Simeon is a real issue for this Saints team. I thought we would see more taste of Hill. I want to see the injury report because in this Eagles game, they were missing a ton of linemen. They were missing Alvaro Kamara. So that's going to be big for this matchup. I'm leaning Buffalo here. Yeah, I like Buffalo here a lot, especially because of the short week. You know, we've been, missed Kamara now a couple games. You have to think he's unlikely to go on a short week again. And yeah, Buffalo, their defense looked really bad today. The Colts are pretty good, though. The Saints offense is not the Colts offense. And much as we can dump on my guy, Carson Wentz, Trevor Simeon is not Carson Wentz. So we're, we're seeing lately why Trevor Simeon is a journeyman and why he was the third string guy. So I just I feel like if I'm Buffalo, I love that I'm playing on Thanksgiving. I got embarrassed. It's a terrible game. I looked awful against Indianapolis. Get me back out on the field. Let me shut up those podcasters saying that we're frauds and overrated. And we're not like this. Get me on the field. Let my defense be awesome again. And I think the Buffalo defense is going to make a statement here. So uh, I think it's an under two 46 and a half seems pretty high for the saints are a good defense. I don't think the bills are going to necessarily put up a huge number, but I don't think the saints score very much here. The Bills had number one DVOA defense, Saints number six. The Bills, I think, are we're getting a little value with them getting blown out today. So I think the line really, if you were a little bit, uh, a little more distance, I think you'd put the line closer to a touchdown than to a field goal. So, yeah, I, I like Buffalo a lot here. I think they're the team that I feel best about among these Thanksgivings uh, teams. And again, we know that favorites in the night games have done well and uh, non-division matchup favorites do well on Thursdays too. So I think it's a good spot for Buffalo. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's, the, that's, that's, that's probably my, my strongest pick of the day because I think the other ones, they can probably go either way. You never really want to lay three and a half points with the Bears. The Cowboys are dealing with so many injuries. The, the Raiders are dealing with ter- turmoil. But I think the Bills are better than what they showed against the, the Colts today. So I think so. If you want to go crazy, you know how I love my favorites, Raheem. If you can find it at your book, if you can get the Bears out of three and the Cowboys out of seven, if you can find them there without the hook, throw those two together, throw in the bills, a little pumpkin pie on top of your turkey main course. Give me the three favorite parlay on Thanksgiving. Favorites dominate. I'm just going to play the trends and see if I can get a little favorite action on Thanksgiving. What do you think? I'm not mad at that at all. I think if I had to play something, I think I'm going to go with Alliance. Cowboys teaser. I'm going to tease the Lions up okay. through the key numbers of seven. I'm going to get that up to nine. And then I think the Cowboys bounce back and win this game. So that's my teaser. That, that is not me and you in a nutshell. I don't know what it is. You got the safe teaser, <laughs> just getting a little bit of edge in here. I'm all in. Give me some money for Black Friday. I got some shopping to do. I need a new TV. All right. That is going to wrap it up today at the Action Network podcast. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the podcast feed if you haven't yet. Raheem and I are off Friday, but Stucky and Raybon are here Wednesday night with their NFL six-pack betting guide. Raheem and I will be back first thing Monday to review the next slate of games on Sunday. 
For Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network Podcast. We are on to week 12. 